You're listening to Family Feud, part of the Paris Style Podcast family. They might not be brother and sister, but they sure do fight like they are. Here's your hosts, Keely Yor and Shotgun Spratling. Welcome to the Family Feud Podcast. Uh, we're feuding already. We're feuding before this even started, so this is going to be a good one. It's uh, UCLA week, Shotgun. Are you excited for that? I'm yeah, excited. rivalry week. <laughs> also... USC clinched the South, so USC is going to the Pac-12 championship. <laughs> Shotgun does that all the time, so I, I thought I'd put it to use. But um, yeah, USC is <laughs> going to the Pac-12 championship game. It's kind of anticlimactic as far as the UCLA game goes because it's you know it doesn't really count for anything besides pride. The oh, winner it counts of LA. for a lot. Yeah, it counts for jobs. Jobs are always on the line when you have a rivalry game. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, Jim Mora in particular, if they get blown out here, that his, uh, you know, that twelve million dollar buyout becomes much more attainable because then you got some boosters like, I can't take this again. I can't, I can't be blown out and have to listen to people for a year like they're going to have to uh, when USC beats UCLA this week. Uh, that's the thing. This this rivalry is so unique. I mean, the closest thing is kind of the Duke UNC rivalry, but that's a basketball pure rivalry. And it's different because you play them twice, maybe even three times in a season, maybe even four times you get to the postseason. So this is once a year. It's the same city. That's what makes this rivalry so unique. It's, it's very uh, intriguing because it's literally, Clay talked about it. He's like, one of the, he said one of the things that stood out to him most is when he first got here, he'd be driving and he would see banners for both schools like on houses side by side. And he's like, you don't really see that anywhere else. Because he went to Auburn, so Auburn has the... You know, the Iron Bowl with uh, Alabama. They also have the Deep South's oldest rivalry or the South's oldest rivalry with Georgia. Um, so they have two rivalry games there, but there's, there's some distance in between. I mean, uh, Auburn is near Georgia. I mean, it's right across the border. But then Athens is still another, you know, it's an hour and a half away. So, and Tuscaloosa, I believe, is at least an hour, hour and a half as well. So those rivalries are different. This one you're all contained together. You work with the people. You know, I've been in offices where people are going back and forth throughout the week. It's, it's really unique. It's fun. Well, I mean, if, if we want to go personal, there's just the fighting between my family. My sister went to UCLA undergrad, USC grad. Who does that? I don't know. It's your family. That's where it's weird, obviously. Yeah, it, it, it and wait, 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 which team did you grow up rooting for? Um, no comment. I will say, though, that like this week, for me as a little kid, it was like my Super Bowl. Like I would just wake up every week just fired up like, oh my gosh, it's the UCLA-USC game. Like This was the week for me. Very excited. It was Southern California girl. This is, this is the, the end what, all be all. What's your favorite memory from the rivalry? Particularly growing up. I would prefer to get that rather than before your college days at oh, USC. Oh, man. Okay, so before everyone gets mad at me, I went to USC for college, but I did grow up a UCLA fan. So my best favorite memory is 13-9, that game. I was at that game. I tried. I woke up 5 a.m. every day that week to try and get tickets and win it, um, Ryan Seacrest. And I was like, Dad, I didn't win the tickets, please. Like, I just have a really good feeling. I ha I'm very good at feelings when it comes to my team. I'm very good. I was like, please, Dad, like, I just have a feeling they're going to win. And he's like the rational guy. He's like, no, I don't think they're going to win. USC's really good. And I was like, please. So we go to the game. I'm sitting in front of USC fans who are going to be like, you're gonna, they told me you're going to cry after this game because we're going to beat you so bad, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, no. And I was just this whippersnapper who was like, no, no, no. 
wow. And then so turn around at the end of the game. Not much has changed there. <laughs> turn around at the end of the game, their son is crying. And I was like, mm-hmm, okay. Like, I like, no, holds bar. I was like, yeah, let's go. I didn't, you know how they put the, the timer of like when you should leave after the game? Yeah. I left right when the timer ended. I was like living everything. It was, it was a beautiful moment. Honestly, I feel like that like really started the college football train for me. I mean, I was a, I was a college football fan before that, but that really sparked the the Keeley fire. For Interesting. Football. Was there there's a was there a USC highlight in there that has been your favorite <laughs> USC highlight of the UCLA USC rivalry? Yeah. No, I mean once I became once I went to USC, I immediately started covering the team, and then it kind of the whole rivalry rivalry kind of was mute at that point. So that was pre fifty nothing. Or wait, you were you were post fifty nothing. Right? I was post, but I mean fifty nothing. I was gonna go to that game. Thank the Lord, I got like pneumonia or something, and I didn't go. And I was like, <laughs> holy sick! I would have cried my eyes out. <laughs> would have been awful. As a UCLA fan, and yes. now she went to USC. I know and the whole joke. USC. Yeah, my dad was like, "You're gonna end up going to USC, and it's gonna be so funny." I'm like, "Dad, I would never do that." <laughs> Fast forward, I went to USC. I covered USC, and now my first job is covering USC. So it, it all goes around. Wow, this Full has circle. been very, it's, very it's a, personal. It's a very, uh, it's, and that's part of the rivalry because mm-hmm. it's all in the same city. I mean, there's so many people in Southern California that root for one of the other teams, and things like this happen. I mean, yeah. there's been players that have talked about how you know they grew up as a USC fan or UCLA fan. They go to the other school, so mm-hmm. the allegiance switches there. Uh, so, uh, for example, because uh, I'm going to talk about some basketball in this one. I know Ooh. you were you were rolling Ooh. your eyes a little bit earlier, but they're top ten team. But Chemezi Metu is a guy that grew up a UCLA fan, uh, you know, and you know he wanted to go there, and they didn't have really interest in him. And so now every time he plays UCLA, he tries to kind of shove it in their face, like look what you missed out on, type of thing. So I know if you are hearing, it sounds a little different, a little echoey. We are in my apartment recording this because Ryan Abraham is sick. We usually record in the studio, and we can't do that. So Keely hasn't got the soundproofing up here yet, I guess. Yeah, I'm sorry that my apartment is not <laughs> soundproof. So everyone who are audio uh, nerds, I'm sorry that we're not maybe pleasing you as much this episode. Suck it up. <laughs> It'll be okay. We got some good content. At least I got some good content. I don't know about Keely. Mm, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> no, um, but okay, so what were your thoughts about the Colorado game? Thoughts? Could have been done better. Uh, yes. They won the game. They did enough on the road. You get a road win. You clinch the Pac-12 South. But if you want to make a case that you should be in the playoff, you have to play better than that. You have to put teams away, and you have to basically put your foot on their throat and finish off the game early and so that people see a, I don't know, a 49-7 to victory. They see that because I don't think there were a ton of people watching that game. Uh, you know, There weren't a ton of good games last week, but I feel like you know, if you see USC went up 27 nothing, even if you watch that part, then you, you stop paying attention. And maybe you check back later and you see that the score is a little bit closer than that. And you're like, oh, I, I guess they didn't play great in the second half or something. You didn't really watch the entire thing if you're a national media member. So I don't think they helped their chances there, their outside chances. Um, but they did enough to win. Ronald Jones was good again. Sam Donald looked really good. Um, and the receivers really stepped up. So that was just jumping the stock up. Yeah, well, I, I was going to say before that, before you get into your little song intro, uh, if, if you looked at what the playoff committee said in their decision, they said a lot of it has to do with how much you step on your opponent's throat, basically. They, well, they said Penn State, the reason, which makes no sense why Penn State jumped USC. They beat Rutgers. Ooh! <laughs> congratulations! You beat a team from Piscataway! I mean, that's just a fun name to say, but you beat the State University of New Jersey. Yes. I mean, that's 
there's no no. Where's no. Zach Helfen to defend the state of New Jersey right now? <laughs> I know Zach Helfen would the LA Times writer from New Jersey yep. uh, who tried to put it in a top, make it a top ten state. Not happening. Um, <laughs> but they beat Rutgers. Whatever they didn't, you know, there's no big deal. And then the committee said that they moved up because the reason why that you know TCU is below them and USC is because that Penn State has two their two losses are very close. I guess they forgot that last week Penn State's losses were very close, too. It was the same thing, and somehow they still jumped USC. It made no sense at all. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But, I mean, we don't have to get into this because I'm going to shut you down because my argument is right. I don't think the playoff, it doesn't matter. If are we getting into this now or are we not? Are we going to get into this later or should we just get into this right now? Whatever, go. I don't think USC, the playoff is just shouldn't be, shouldn't be a thing. It shouldn't. Because at best case, you are fourth in the in the playoff. You face Alabama. You're probably going to get run over by Alabama. Why do you want to end your season that way? Why? Why? This is what's great about sports. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Herm, as Herm Edwards said, you play to win the game. That was pretty... Johnny on the spot right there. I'll and you know that. you know what you can't do if you're not in a playoff? You can't win the game. Like a sweepstakes, you have to enter to win. You have to be in there, and you know that USC has the talent to win. Okay, but that's why this season... They haven't ha- played great, obviously. They haven't played to their potential. That's such a big caveat. Oh, they haven't played great. That's why USC fans are so mad about the season. They have the talent. They definitely do, but they're not playing that way. Why do you want to put them in a situation that will highlight that? Because what if they do? But that's such a big if. If they so? were, if they had come into the the last the latter what portion is the of the downside, no, if they had come into the latter portion of the season looking great, you know, like, like wow, last year, yes, then I'd be like, sure, do it, yeah, let's see what happens. I'm all for it. Any given Saturday, you know, that's that's me. Oh, you just used my whole argument. Any given Saturday, they sure. play to their potential, and all of a sudden they beat no. Alabama, and you're like, oh, we're going to the national championship. Shotgun gets to go home because it's in Atlanta. It's great. It's all about you and shotgun. Obviously, or you are shotgun. No, but okay. Here's my point. Tell me what sounds better, getting beat by Alabama or winning the Pac-12 championship and going to the Fiesta Bowl. Oh, you're already, you still had won the Pac-12 championship. That's the only way you're getting in the playoffs. Okay, whatever. Yeah, what if they get into the Fiesta Bowl and they play U- UCF? And? And they beat UCF. What are people, oh, wow, that's a great win. It's, I mean, it'd be like, it looks so much better no, than... It does, no, because... Okay, say this is Sam Darnold's last... If you beat Western Michigan last year... Same, say this is Sam Darnold's last year you're gonna end his his run on beating alabama on losing to alabama no because it's not going to end there because sam darnold becomes sam darnold in the biggest uh moments and leads the team to victory because they have the potential and that happens and you're like well we didn't want to be in the game we were worried we're gonna lose no you get in and if the talent takes over the talent wins it's great and if you lose what is the negative you look bad I mean, Ohio people, State people, got blown out last year. How many people, people already, like at the begin, in the people, beginning of the season said, "Oh, Ohio State, we can't consider them for the playoff because they lost last year." How many people said that about Washington? People already want to fire USC's coaches because they're nine and two and things aren't looking the way they should. If you get blown out on a national stage, that just not it doesn't sit well. So your point is that fans will be upset. No, I'm that's just what saying, you're saying. I'm saying the optics of it does not look good on the program, and that's the biggest thing about USC. You but have to look. You're good. just assuming that there's going to be a blowout too. Okay, uh, sure. You can't assume there's going to be a blowout. You can't assume there's going to be a win. 
I'm, I'm not, not assuming. Saying, I'm assuming that they will play better in big situations. The crux of your argument is like, oh, if there's a chance to go, why not go? I understand exactly. that. I'm not saying if they were presented the, the opportunity to go, oh, say don't go. That's not my argument. I'm just saying I don't think it's smart to try and put all your hope in going to the Pac-12, to, to the college football playoff. You know what? Those 16 seeds in basketball, should, they should just quit. They should just quit That's at the end of the season. That's not what I'm saying. They're like, well, we won a, we won a conference championship. That's great. We should just stop there. We shouldn't. We're going to get blown out by Kentucky or Kansas or the Blue Blood program. This is one seed. I'm just saying, if you have stake in USC, if you're a USC fan, you don't want them to go to the playoff this year. They're not a championship team. Oh my god, that is so wrong. Why would you not want them to go? Of course, you want them to They're go, but you don't champ- want them to go. How many times have we said 18 to 22 year olds are odd creatures? For one. <laughs> What they rally around and what motivates them is can change day to day. If the team is motivated and one bounce goes right their way early, suddenly you build confidence off one play, and the team, we've said they have the potential. They can play better than they played. But they haven't. If they did, we've, we would have already seen it. And you're playing an Alabama team that's all beat up if you're just assuming that Alabama's the one versus Alabama's got to play Auburn this week and Georgia next week. They could lose more guys. Yeah, so, I don't know. The ultimate. If you can get in, you get in. Yes, but I'm just saying it's not realistic, and it's. If someone hands you a lottery ticket, you just throw it away. Like those odds are terrible. It's, it's not about whether they if they get the opportunity, whether they should go or not. If someone gives you a lottery ticket, do you throw it away? No, I scratch it and then throw it away. Yeah, so you would take the team to the playoff. You scratch and be like, well, we lost. Whatever. I'm not saying if they were presented the opportunity to go, don't go. That's not what I'm saying. That's basically what you're saying. That's not what I'm saying. That's basically what you're saying. That's not what I'm saying. You're saying they shouldn't want to go. No, They shouldn't want that opportunity is what you're saying. I'm saying if you are a USC fan, you shouldn't want that. He's rolling his Why eyes. would you not want an opportunity to win a championship? Isn't that what because it's all about? Because they're not. We've seen from this team that they're not. That they're not what? We're really living up to Family Feud right now. This is the most feudy we've ever been. Congrats to us. you're so wrong. I'm not. You are so wrong. You and Ryan both. No. You and Uncle Ryan are both wrong in this Family Feud. Oh, my gosh. No. I'm just saying, I don't think it's realistic. I don't think if you're a USC fan, you should want that because it won't end pretty, and you want to end on a good note. It won't end pretty. End pretty. If If they lose, then they lose. Whatever. It's not a big deal. It is. It is a big deal. No, it's not. It is. If you're expected to lose and you lose, then you're the 16 seed versus the one seed in a basketball tournament. Do they say, you know, we shouldn't even go because... But Okay, but here's the thing. How much did USC winning the Rose Bowl change the perspective of everything and going into the Perspective? Season? And what did that perspective do? Overhype them and they didn't play to that potential. Yeah, okay, but then there's a lot of factors that you could say into that, too. That's, that's a whole different thing. I'm just saying the outlook and how people felt about USC. You can't not think that the Rose Bowl win did something, but then say that a, a loss wouldn't do something. Yeah, fans will be crying, but they'll get over it. If you have an opportunity, if you, you never had, know if, what happens. But really, what it matters. When we're talking about this, I mean... What's that? Uh, playoffs? talk about playoffs you kidding me playoff i love that exactly that's 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 really the conversation right now because usc is so far away that it would take a lot a lot a lot of help and that's probably not going to happen so this argument is pretty much mute yes speaking of Uh, mora uh, shall we move on to the younger mora yeah that was my segue (laughs) i wanted to get there before you did (laughs) 
I was trying to get there and you um, beat me to it. Yeah, that's true. For all the times you cut me off, that was a good one for me to all go right, I'll give okay. you one. Do your little uh, melodic uh, transition into... We're going to stock up and stock down. Yes. Right? Oh, that was so sad. <laughs> Where's your rendition? Uh-uh, I don't sing on this podcast. <laughs> uh-uh, uh-uh. Uh-uh. I don't do that. Stock up, stock down. Wow. Who do you got? I don't know where that came from. I liked it. Uh, I'm going to start with Michael Pittman Jr. and the receiver yeah. group as a whole. I totally agree. Um, I also have on, I'm just going to go ahead and combine these all together. <laughs> so instead of, instead of listing all the different stock ups that I have that are based on the receivers and deep balls as well. You know, all, mm. Both of those I had separate and then I added the receiver group because I thought the entire group played pretty well. Mm-hmm. And Tyler Vaughn's with the two catches uh, on the deep balls. Michael Pittman with the, the jump ball. I mean, if Sam Darnold throws the other back shoulder, the one after the trick play, I think it was after the trick play, then I, I think that you know there's another chance for a touchdown there. I think he was having a really good game. You put it up high, he's going to go catch it. Deontay Burnett had a touchdown over the middle, which if you're listening to this, go back and watch that replay. Watch where Chris Brown goes. And Chris Brown runs downfield because it's one of those RPOs. He gets way too far downfield. He's like five or six yards downfield. And then he just kind of like slyly tries to go backwards <laughs> towards the line. Like, nope, I wasn't too far. Not me. Uh, so it's kind of it's kind of humorous looking because he realizes it's a pass. And That's you see him funny. just kind of like kind of put his head uh, down towards his neck a little bit and kind of oh, just walk over back over this way. Uh, but, you know, they got him involved. Uh, Stephen Mitchell had a nice game too. If he catches that last ball... It would have been his first career 100-yard game. Yep. So I was kind of disappointed when I, when I noticed that later that you know, he had an opportunity and didn't get it. Maybe he'll get it this week. Hoping for him. Uh, you know, friend of the program, Stephen Mitchell Jr. <laughs> Any guy that goes through a couple knee surgeries like that, we're always rooting for, for those type of guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, I thought the receiver group as a whole, and I thought Michael Pittman is now, one of the reasons why his stock is up is because he's now actually a full part of the rotation. Mm-hmm. So previously... When Stephen Mitchell was banged up after the Notre Dame game, it was Michael Pittman and Stephen Mitchell splitting reps back and forth. You know, one would get a drive, the other one would get a drive. It's, they'd rotate back and forth. Now, it's a full rotation with Tyler Vaughn. So Tyler Vaughn's actually lost some reps this game, but some of the drives, it was Michael Pittman and Stephen Mitchell playing together. Tyler Vaughn's gets a drive off, and they rotate all three of those guys in at the, at the two different outside receiver spots. So uh, Michael Pittman jumping into that group now, so he, his stock is up as well. Yeah, this game really proved to me that a lot of USC's issues on offense were just young wide receivers. And I, and I called that going into the season. I, I thought that they were particular, particularly young. And, and now this is my hill that I'm going to die on. I said this during the Facebook Live. If USC had just developed their wide receivers, maybe had a little bit more PRPs, more throwing sessions, I don't know, more chemistry, I think that just makes such a difference because Helton was asked multiple times this week, okay, what's the difference? I mean, granted... Sam Darnold's healthier. That makes a big difference. But those some of the catches, the Tyler Vaughn's catch, the the Pittman touchdown catch where he just leaps up and get it, <laughs> leaps up and get it, gets it. I don't whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that's a huge. You don't see that earlier on this season, and that just means that guys have to mature and get into that that rhythm with Darnold, and they didn't have that. And Darnold's such an instinctive thrower that if you don't have that chemistry, then he feels like he has forced things, yada, yada, yada. What we saw earlier, turnovers, turnovers, interceptions. That's my whole spiel. I said it better on the Facebook Live because I'm rehashing it right now. But that's my point. I just think that the wider series have really come, in the own, come into their own. It helps Darnold. It helps the team. That should have been an th- emphasis. Yeah, and you know, T. Martin even said when – someone like Michael Pittman makes that catch, goes up over defender, gives you confidence yeah. you know, as a quarterback. 
Uh, so then you, you're more willing to make some, some throws and give your guys chances, and they continue to make those plays. Tyler Vaughn's were back-to-back. -back. That was on the drive after the Michael Pittman catch. Uh, and, and T later said, he, he said, you know, that's, it's, it's the biggest difference right now. He said, when teams have to load the box to stop a run game and decide to play press man-to-man, -man, we have to make those plays downfield. He said, it's a long day when you don't make those plays. That was the Washington State game. Yes. The one ball that they did catch deep was called an offensive pass interference, which was the, one of the worst calls of the year. Second and only. Which is saying a lot. <laughs> second and only by something we'll get to in stock down. Ooh, teaser. So what else do you got in stock up? Okay, well, last thing before you suddenly, I thought oh, you were sorry. making more of a point. No, I'm just saying the whole Washington State game, that was, quote unquote, Tyler Rollins' breakout game. If he had just been in the rotation from the beginning, where would everything be now? I know hypotheticals are dumb, but I'm going to use them anyway. And what if you had a healthy Michael Pittman? Because Pittman was the one guy with some experience of yeah. those young guys. Um, so there's a lot of question marks with that group. And, you know, he had 89 yards in that game. I think that was as much as he had the first four games for Tyler Bonds. And since then, he's had at least 59 yards in every game. He had 126 against Arizona State. He's got four touchdowns. Tyler Bonds really come on and become that guy. Now Michael Pittman is in that position as well. Uh, you've seen him, even though his numbers weren't great, Arizona State, you know, a couple big catches that were marked out. One was marked out, one was called back. So that receiver group has really come on. It's been a big difference. The offense looked really good the last three weeks. Mm -hmm. I had uh, Sam Darnold on my stock up. I think he's now healthy, healthier, if you will. Um, I just think the last two weeks he's looked really crisp in practice. Um, he's got some velo. Yeah, it looks good. Um, he's also running. I believe he got up to ni over 19 miles per hour on that one run to the... <laughs> that's what they said off of the, the catapult system yeah. that they, they wear. Um, so Sam Darnold's looking more like the Sam Darnold we know and cherish. Yeah, the... the I don't know who cherishes them, but... The Rose Bowl. <laughs> yes. Sam Darnold. The one we were hoping to see all season because that's fun to watch. It is. Um, let's see. Who else do I got? I got uh, stock up Jack Jones. What? Controversy. Jack Jones did not play well at all. However, I'm giving him stock up because I thought it was he, he showed a ton of maturity uh, talking about it at practice. You know, we don't often talk to the guys that struggle unless they are guys that are stars. You know, when you're running back, uh, fumbles the ball three times, your quarterback throws a couple interceptions, those guys get talked to. Uh, and I thought Jack Jones, because I think he's a star, I talked to him after the game talk, or after practice this you're week. You're in Colorado? Yeah, that too. I just called him up, you know. Uh, <laughs> And I talked to him, and he answered all the questions, and he was great about it. So I give him stock up. I give him a lot of credit for, for standing in because players do not have to answer our questions. Nope. They are instructed in their media training when they first get here and probably every year that, hey, if you don't feel comfortable, you don't want to answer questions, you don't have to. And they're instructed how to, to tell media not to do it so they don't just storm off. They don't Lane Kiffin it. <laughs> Got to go. Got to go. Uh, but... You know, he could have easily said, hey, I got to go to class or, you know, no comment. I don't want to talk today, whatever it is. He stood in there and took the questions, and I, I give him a ton of credit for that. I think he's going to he's a star in the making, even if he had a really bad game against Colorado. I think he, he just got – he tried to do a little too much, and I asked him that. I said, you know, was that part of the reason the first touchdown? He saw – he read the quarterback's eyes, which can be really good if you're, you know, if you're able to break on a ball – that he was not, he was trying to do too much and not taking uh, care of his own responsibility, which was any route beyond 10 yards. So he broke on the little out, out route. Matt Lopes was already covering that one. You know, Jack, Jack said, 
you know, I can easily rally up and make that tackle, you know, help out after the ball's there and the guy gets, you know, a couple-yard gain instead of giving up this big play. And he said it's a learning experience. And I asked him that, and he said, yes, it's a learning experience. I have to, you know, realize what I have to key on and make those changes. And I think he will do that. You have to give him credit because, I mean, this is a young guy. Imagine someone coming into your office and being like, hey, Bob, you really messed up that sales pitch. Let's talk about it for 10 minutes in front of people. You know, you just don't want to talk about your mistakes that everyone sees. It's a hard thing. And sometimes you kind of get out of that zone of like, oh, these are players. This is what they're supposed to do. But that's hard, especially if you're a kid. But at the same time, how do you justify stock up with sometimes his little uh, extracurriculars on the field? I can justify anything I want. <laughs> uh, I can also put him in stock down, which I had. If you wow. let me get to it because he had a bad game. And not just the bad game, but the unsportsmanlike conduct. That's two games in a row. That's uh, uncalled for. So I had him in stock down for that. Wow. I think that is the first of the season, a stock up and a stock down. I guess sometimes bookend them with different things. Okay. But the first time one individual player has been on both, yes. Wow. I think. Here we go. Um, I also had Ronald Jones. He is now USC's sixth all-time rusher. Congratulations. Moving across some guys. You might have heard of them. Uh, Reggie Bush, Lindell White. Who's the other dude? Mike Garrett. <laughs> yeah, Mike Garrett. <laughs> Two Heisman winners, you know, and yeah. the guy who leads the... the as uh, the career touchdown leader, I believe. I believe it's career. If not, it's at least single season for Lindell White. Um, yeah. So, you know, some pretty known names around yeah. USC. We asked Rojo about it after the, after the game, and he was like, the GOATs. I passed the GOATs. <laughs> so so he's definitely, he said he almost fainted when he when he saw Reggie Bush at the, the last Pac-12 championship game. So obviously it's a huge deal for him to do that. Um, it's interesting, though, he was asked, do you feel like you're underrated? You know, you're doing all these things. You're passing these these GOATs, as he described. And he said, no, I don't feel like I'm underrated. So it's interesting because I'm not sure if I feel like USC is using him enough. He's been used plenty enough. He's uh, been used, but like he hasn't in the sense where other schools would make him the feature. And maybe that's just a USC thing where you have so much talent that you can't necessarily well, do that. Part of it is you had a Heisman contender at quarterback, so yeah. you're not going to run the ball. But also but okay. running backs don't run – 30 times a game anymore. It's kind of, it's rare. Like Leonard Fournette, I looked up the stats. Leonard Fournette ran like twice over 30 carries at, at LSU. Um, Nick Chubb, or not Nick Chubb, um, Ty Gurley, when he was at, at Georgia, I think he had one game where he had more than 30 carries. Now, a, a program like Stanford, Christian McCaffrey had, I think, four uh, or five and maybe a couple more, but that was like, that was kind of the, uh, outlier rather than the norm. And a guy like Bryce Love has had a couple this year, I think. But it's not like having over, you know, more than 25 carries is kind of rare because a lot of times they don't want to – it's been proven in the NFL it's better if you have two fresh backs rather than one workhorse that it gets worn down. Yeah, so. I'm just saying instead of going for the whole – Donald Heisman, when Donald started to struggle this season, do you think it would have been better to then feature the offense more around what Rojo can do versus... I mean, that's been the case recently, and now, and part of that is the offensive lines played better. Yeah. You know, you can't really feature Ronald Jones against Notre Dame when he can't get to the line of scrimmage. Great point. So, you know, th- that plays into a lot, and I think the fact that the offensive line has solidified, you know, they've pretty much been the same six guys... Uh, going for the last four or five weeks now. Uh, so, you know, the, they've been injuries and stuff, and Chumadoga being nicked up and in and out. But especially the last three weeks, it's been the same six guys uh, over and over, Clayton Johnson being the sixth guy with, filling in with Chumadoga. Yeah. That consistency helps, no doubt. 
I also had a Jane Harris, probably his best game as a Trojan. Two interceptions. Wait, probably his Without best game? I, I, maybe he has a better game next week. I don't want to shut the, the story on We're him. talking about so far. <laughs> you, you did not say probably his best game he will ever have as a Trojan, and that might be true. You never know. I'm just saying, I, I'm very happy for Jane. From the first day of fall camp, he was catching punts and running like 120%. <laughs> he just looked like a man on a mission. And it's nice to see someone who has worked hard get his due. You know, two interceptions, that almost uh, lobbed to, to Marvell Tell. In the, the oh, that, was, that would have been a fun play. That, that, was, was, a, that was so cool. <laughs> the fact that he you know, thought of that was, uh, you know, just a... He said that, that Jack Jones yelled, throw it, throw it, throw it. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that would have been cool. But I mean, like, and, and you can tell a guy is respected um, when... You saw the social media after after Ajayne had his day. So many guys were like, I remember, former players, and yeah, stuff former too. players. So many guys were like, Ajayne was the one who Max Brown said he used to ride the bus to go throw with Max Brown. This was before Ajayne. I think this was prior to Ajayne's senior year or during his senior year of yeah. high school. So probably before he was, you know, slated to come to USC. I can't remember the timeline exactly on that. Yeah. But yeah, just the fact that he would ride the bus to come, you know, come up to USC and. And uh, throw because USC didn't have a lot of uh, didn't have a lot of uh, receivers at the time because I was during sanctions and they were struggling. You know, didn't have a, there were some guys nicked up and stuff. So he came out there and they needed somebody. And he was there. Yeah, exactly. So and and he's the type of guy where the way he came in, who was with him, his position group, he could have faded into the background and not been a guy who was successful you know he switched positions and then even then there was competition that he faced and he still has has done um his job so i'm very happy to see him yeah he graded out as a 95.9 overall on the pff grades uh that's the best usc defender has recorded since 2015 uh when i believe sua cravens had a grade a 96 grade as well but that's that tells you how well he's been i mean as good as the games as or actually, that may have been the Cameron Smith multi-interception game as well. Uh, mm. so, and then I, look, I kept looking back a couple more years, and Sua Cravens also had a game above that. But there's been a couple. That's it. That's been the, the most, uh, you know. So the fact that he was able to grade out so well, he had in a tremendous game, not only the two interceptions, but he was good in coverage the rest of the game as well. Uh, when he was in there, the, the defense was at its best. They averaged 3.4 yards when Ajene and Chris Hawkins were in the game. Uh, anybody else who was much higher than that. Interesting. Any, you got anyone else with stock up? Um, I'm going to go. I don't know if you have anything else. I'm done. So I don't, I'm going to have one basketball answer for all these because Ooh. basketball. Wow. <laughs> wow. Hating on the Trojans. What, what's our site called? The Galen. What's our site called? I, uh, I think USC.scout.com. I think actually. it's called USCfootball.com. That was the original URL, but you know now it's a 24 <laughs> set. It's much different. Mm-hmm. So. They're a top 10 team. How can you not talk about They're a fun, exciting team, especially that first game. They went by 42 points. They gave up 42 points. They doubled up a team. So my stock up for basketball is the Twin Towers. Shemezi Metu is a beast. Benny Boatwright with a career-high 28 uh, points uh, in the game the other night against uh, North Dakota State. So I'll keep it short, but I'm going to give some basketball some love. Hey, if you're a top 10 team, I'm giving you some love. Okay, stock down. Stock down. <laughs> Short yardage situations again. Yeah, that's in my change it, but yes. I mean, come on. <laughs> the eye roll. For real. Bruh, bruh, come on. Come on now. 
Yeah, it's just a, it's it seems silly the fact that they can drive the ball 97 yards against Utah. They can drive the ball multiple times over 90 yards, and they can put together these drives. And then sometimes these short yard situations just seem to be so difficult for them, as just as an overall theme of the season. I mean, sometimes you're gonna you're gonna have plays that don't work and plays that do work in the course of the season. But this has been a theme all season long, and it just doesn't make any sense with how productive the offense has been at other times. Yeah. It almost feels like once they get into short yardage situations, it's like crunchy. It's not like fluid, if that makes sense at all. It just seems so stiff. You know, you had a flow, and then suddenly it's like overthinking. Okay, that's my description of that. Um, I had stock down the tight ends. Um, they had multiple penalties against Colorado and then just stocked down in the sense that I know Daniel Martabebe is not hundred percent healthy, um, but he hasn't really been targeted. I know that he, um, definitely makes defense account defenses account for him, which is helpful. And I know you're going to throw at me some stat of how the offense is more productive when he's on the field. Um, but I'm just saying, I would like to see Daniel just get more, um, involved somehow. I know he's involved, but more targets, catches, something. Um, and as far as Tyler Petit, because he hasn't really practiced this week, um, he's still dealing with that shoulder injury, so uh, stock down for that. Yeah, Petit played 21 plays, three of those being uh, kneel downs at the end. The offense was actually the most productive when Josh Follow was on, of the tight ends. Interesting. Because he was on for four plays, and they gained 63 yards, so over <laughs> 15 a yards skewed, of play. I would say. Yeah, one of them was a 30-yard uh, pass play to Stephen Mitchell, I believe, and another was a 29-yard, one of the, the first one to uh, Tyler Vaughn's. Interesting. It was random, he was randomly on the field on those plays, and they worked out, so sometimes that happens. Uh, yeah, you would love to see Daniel Morabebe. You still don't see the explosive... Uh, the burst out of his breaks that you saw last year. That was when he was able to get open. I mean, USC tried to go to him late in the game. They tried to put the game away after the Agena interception was called back uh, for his knee being down. So the the pitch that he had tossed to Marbell that one was called back. The first play, they try to go up top. You know, they go for the jugular. I like the play call. I liked. I actually did like that. Uh, going for it. And then it ended up not working because I think they got a field goal out of it or something. You know, they only had... A couple plays. It was a three and out, uh, basically. Uh, but the fact that they went to him, I like that. And it just seems like he's not quite on the same page with Sam Darnold. Like that pass, you know, it looked like if the throw was a little bit different than the route, uh, and whose fault that was, you know, it's just they were not on the same page. If they're on the same page, maybe that's a touchdown. Regardless of it was pretty good, uh, pretty good coverage on it. Mm-hmm. So I agree. Uh, I got Brandon Peely is actually on my list. Stock down? On stock down. And the reason why is not necessarily his fault, the fact that Malik Dorton has actually surpassed him. Now, Malik Dorton is not a big guy for for the nose tackle position, but Malik Dorton took a lot of the nose tackle reps. Uh, Malik Dorton actually took more nose tackle reps than anybody else in the game. Uh, He has come on the last couple uh, weeks. He had never played more than 30 plays. He played 51 in this game. Wow. So, you know, they... They have given, uh, they found some, they've given some trust in him, and they've thrown him out there a little bit more. He's, you know, at the, in the very beginning, Josh Fatu started the game. He played most of the snaps. But after the first quarter, Malik Dorton played more snaps than, than any of the other defensive linemen or defensive tackles. So give him credit. But the fact that Brandon Peely has been surpassed, so I got him going down. He actually he played 12 snaps, and they all came in the second half of the game. Well, you have to give Brandon Peely props for the blocked field goal. It's true. 
That's that stock I'm neutral. Just, I'm going stock oh, neutral. You're all about the stock neutral. I have to put it in once every podcast. I have stock down on. Well, him. you actually said it this podcast rather than last mm, week when you it was two weeks thought ago. you said it. It was two weeks ago. Um, I have stock down on the handling of Chase McGrath's injury. Very specific. Uh, so after the Colorado game, he could. There's a, there was a, a slope upwards to get to the top um, to get out of where the stadium was, and Chase was just. It was bad. He struggling. He was struggling up the hill. Struggle um, bus is real. Yeah, and so our own Dan Weber got to talk to Chase this week, and he said that um, he actually it was hurting him really bad in the Arizona game, his groin pull. Um, so that's when we saw USC shut him down entering into the Colorado week. He didn't he didn't um, kick at all, and whether that makes a difference as well. But he said that uh, against Colorado, he reaggravated it, um, his groin pull. So. I just don't understand why you're having Chase out there. I know Reed Butterich is is your third option if you're going to include um, Michael Brown, but which you can. But you know, I I just don't understand why they weren't more aware of that, or were they not? I mean, Reed is a left a lefty, so maybe they didn't practice the holder enough. I don't know. You know that he actually injured himself in the Arizona game. So, but he looked injured before that. I mean, I was watching him because I yes, I was for the game or yes because he was warming up. He he, I noticed him on the trainer's table in the very 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 beginning, and he was like on the bike. He was getting looked at, and I was like, I don't understand what he's doing. Maybe he got hurt in warm ups, but it was not something that happened during the game. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. And they made the change. They went with Rebudgerovich on the kickoffs. Rebudgerovich has done a really nice job there. Yeah, MVP you, of special teams. I yeah, might. you could you could put him on stock up. Uh, it seems like every week he's been pretty good. I mean. Uh, maybe he took a little long on that, uh, the punt that was blocked. Yeah. He took a little long on that, but also his blockers did not help him at all. Uh, he's done, and that was another snap that was a little high as well. So that, there's a lot of things that did not go well on that, that thing. Uh, stock down. I, I don't know where to put special teams this week. I asked the question during the game, do you rate the special teams well because they blocked two field goals and you're taking two scoring chances off? Do you rate them bad because they got a blocked uh, punt? Uh, where do where do the special teams really fit? I think this is a case for stock nope, neutral. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> Why not? Because I mean, even though even the points neutral out, two blocked field goals are three or six points, and then a a block kick for a touchdown is six points. Boom, stock neutral. Nah, I feel okay. Get the extra point. Not yet though. <laughs> not yet though. Yeah, but, you know, it changed the momentum completely, you know, uh, that block punt, I think. So, I don't know where to put special teams, but I thought it was worth mentioning. Yeah, I I kind of came into, I was very curious after, just because we've had such negative feelings about special teams. I was like, could Baxter be the type the to fall on the sword maybe after the season? But how Helton talked about him this week, Helton seems very loyal to John Baxter. So, I don't know. I don't know. Who knows these things? Not I had sure. I had stock down being a good junior on senior day. <laughs> because <What? laughs> let me explain this. Please, please do. A star junior. How about that? Not a good junior. Oh. <laughs> junior, now you be good. No. Is that what you meant? <laughs> no. Um, because I mean, Juju, Adori, Sua, we saw this. Senior day, they didn't get their due because they left. I mean, granted, that's their choice. They leave. That's what comes with the territory. But I just feel bad. You know, guys who have had 
had their time for USC and contributed, they don't really get their due if you're a junior and you're electing to to leave early. I just feel like it's kind of like, well, well. I mean, a guy like Leonard Williams should have definitely been, there was no doubt that he was leaving. Yeah. Um, a guy like Juju, there was pretty much no doubt. Adore, we thought there was no doubt, but it seemed like maybe he might have come back. Um, I want I want the story like 20 years later about what that gift meant when Adore <laughs> tweeted it. I was in the movie theater and I was like, what does this gift mean, Adore? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. You so. would. Um, <laughs> So, you know, Clemson last year, I told you this on the Facebook Live, you know, Dabo Sweeney actually announced, I think in October, um, that, you know, he was going to have four juniors that, that were going to participate in the senior day festivities because they were not coming back. Yeah. And so if you have that conversation with a player, it's already known, and they're really that good, then, yeah, throw them in there. I, I like Leonard Williams would definitely been, um, you know, probably a couple other guys in the last few years should have been. But, you know, if they've already made their decision, and maybe maybe they don't. You know, maybe a guy like Adore you don't do because you don't know about his decision, but I wouldn't mind Adore just being honored at every game. So, <laughs> Adore is just a fun guy. Yeah. No, and speaking of which, Thursday Night Football, if you're watching it, Adore, Juju. Um, but, no, but, like, guys Wait, like... so you're going to get this podcast out by the Thursday Night Football. You've just put yourself on the spot now. Uh-oh. Uh, I, hey, I've been, I've been uh, making this come out on Thursday afternoons, Thursday night. Do it. Let's go. Yeah. Okay. But okay. But last thing, Rojo. This might be his last game at the Coliseum. I'm just saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's sad that Rojo doesn't get the proper honoring because he's done a lot. I mean, like we said, six all-time rusher. He needs his his props. Yeah, I would throw him out there because you know, especially you know, you go to him and ask him. You know, have you made your mind up already? Is this going to happen? If so, we're going to do this. Uh, Stock down. I got free throw shooting for USC basketball because they were awful against North Dakota State, and they're a really good shooting team. Hey guys, this is Keely. A little bit after the podcast, I'm currently editing the podcast and I realized that there is just an audio malfunction that kicks in at this point of the podcast and it's pretty much unusable and we didn't realize it until it was way too late because I'm editing it late at night. Um, so this, we're unfortunately going to have to end the podcast at this point. Um, what's weird is that the stock of stock down took like 40 minutes. So it's a good sizable por- uh, portion of a podcast. So I apologize sincerely that you didn't get a full helping of the podcast. Um, we covered more, but basically our predictions was USC uh, was going to win. Basically, Shotgun thought that UCLA's defense was not going to be able to handle Ronald Jones and company. So he predicted the win. He also happened to come to the light and see that my argument at the beginning of this podcast was right. Um, that may or may not be true, but hey, if he's listening at this point, he can call me up. But I doubt that he will. Okay, um, so that's it for the podcast this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will get this audio issue figured out and make sure it's it's good to go for the next time we podcast. Of course, next week will be Thursday. That Thursday is going to be Thanksgiving. Um, we might have a different content schedule, so we'll let you guys know that. But as always, thanks for listening to the podcast. And once again, I'm so sorry that the audio got all messed up.